Recorded live. Good evening and welcome to Trans Talk, a community call. This is Ajay Sellers. I am your host. Um, and it is my pleasure this evening to have a very dear friend of mine, uh, Cynthia Norwood, join us. Cynthia has been in transition for a while and is about to have her surgery in a couple of weeks. And so I invited Cynthia on to discuss her transition and how it's gone for her over this period of time, and then to discuss her upcoming surgery. So, Cynthia, welcome. Hi, Ajay. I'm glad to be with you this evening. Well, wonderful. We're happy to have you. So why don't you give everybody a little bit of background about your transition, how it started, um, and then we'll kind of come in with some other questions of filling in some of the information that I know that you may forget. Well, like so many people have transitioned, I, I started quite a while ago in, in my teenage years, but uh, never really had the opportunity to express that uh, that part of my life, that part of my personality. And uh, as time went on and, and things changed, I, I found myself... Uh, living alone, and I decided I would uh, go ahead and, and uh, live as the uh, woman that I wanted to be and, and uh, pursue my gender identity. And how long have you been living as a woman? Um, I started in early 2011. So. Okay, so about five yeah. years? Yeah, about five. Fantastic. And how have you found that transition going from that male persona to that female persona? Well, um, at first it was very uh, uneven, let's say. <laughs> um, I And most of that was in my mind. Once I realized I had I had support, and the, the people that uh, you know that cared about me uh, gave me their you know their blessings, so to speak, and and tried to help me as much as they can. Um, my family accepted me eventually. I think um, when when I began to present as my true self, as, as Cynthia. Um, people started to accept me, and, and uh, as time went on, everyone that I've met, I've, I've met a Cynthia in my current um, realm of, you know, that I live in now. I, everyone just knows me as Cynthia. They've never, they've never really met the, that guy. <laughs> Your brother, as we put it, right? <laughs> my brother, yes. Yeah, um, he's much older. But like, like the place that I work. I took the job as Cynthia, and, and they knew when I came in that I was transgender, and uh, everything just you know goes well there. I mean, I never had an issue. What do you think were some of the key points of the success you had in the five years that you've transitioned? Well, I think having uh, uh, people around to advise me and, and uh, provide guidance, like you in particular, <laughs> and some of the other uh, people have gone before me, like Susie, getting to know them, and then some of my uh, 
girls, <laughs> some of the girls that I, I've met at Carlos are going through the same thing. Uh, and, of course, there was a discussion group that I went to in Santa Cruz for a while, and I had a therapist for the first year that helped me get through this. So there was some professional and, and, uh, and just friends, you know, were able to provide a lot of support and help. Um, and and how did the medical transition go? How did it go with hormones? And how did you find well, that process? I mean, because a lot of people have difficulty with hormones. So why don't you talk well, a little bit about your hormone process? Well, I um, I started out. I I wanted. To, I decided to start taking hormones in, in 2011, and uh, I went to a, a doctor that was uh, referred to me uh, in Santa Cruz with Planned Parenthood, Dr. Hastings. And uh, she provided me a prescription for uh, spironolactone at first and, and got the dosage, got me to work up to a higher dosage from like 25 milligrams. And uh, after a month of that, she prescribed estradiol in, in the form of uh, intermuscular injections. And I did that for a year. But And, and there was a period during that year where I, I made contact with the VA and started to speaking uh, some of the things that the, the VA had, had, had to offer, like uh, hormones and so forth. And uh, eventually I switched over to the VA after a year with Dr. Hastings. And they put me on jail, so that's where I am now. I, but I've tried everything. I've tried the patches. So, so that you've tried patches, you've done injectables. You have yeah. you done pills? I did pills for a while. In fact, uh, Kaiser prescribed pills, and I have some in my medicine cabinet now. <laughs> but but uh, the VA provides uh, the jail free pills and patches, right? Yeah, I, I don't. The patches don't work on me. They just fall off. And have you been happy with your results? Um, yes, I have, considering you know um, my age and so forth. I'm still going you know, to electrolysis. Yeah, but, so uh, talk to us about electrolysis. Oh, my goodness. You know, that is probably the most expensive, other than, than bottom surgery, it's probably the most expensive aspect of transition. Maybe even more expensive, depending on on how heavy the beard is, uh, but you know I spend a hundred, almost a hundred dollars every week for an hour session, and I still have a lot to go. And I've been doing this for like a couple of years now. Um, so I, you know, uh, just generally, you can expect three hundred hours of electrolysis. And in my case, uh, laser wouldn't work because of my my light hair either, you know, gray or white at this point. So, so there's that. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, some younger people could probably, will probably take advantage of laser. I know people have, but in my case. Now, did you, and you had, did you have to get any uh, electrolysis done on the genital area for surgery upcoming? I did. Um, I had. Discussed it with Sarah, and she said that she would do it. 
And that's your electrologist? Yes. And but she charges me uh, 150 bucks for that. <laughs> to do the genital surgery. Yeah. And how is that yeah, compared I, to the how's that compared well, to the face? Oh. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's not as bad as the face, cause especially under the nose. <laughs> I just lay there and wince whenever she does works under my my upper lip. But um yeah, it wasn't too bad. And what I was having her do is, it was the light hair, because there was some light hair in my, you know, in the pubic area. Um, but the the majority of it has been removed through laser, which is covered by Medicare, but they don't cover electrolysis. I don't know why. But <laughs> it's interesting. Hmm. So I know that you so, have an upcoming surgery coming. About two weeks, yeah, we're getting down there. Yeah, so tell yeah. us about that process. Well, um, I have a, a pre-surgery appointment on the ninth, and where we'll finalize finalize everything. I'll find out, you know, when they want me to show up and um, where I'm supposed to report and so forth. They have the surgery, and and, and I was going. Doing, and what what group is doing your surgery for you? The um, the trans, the multi-transitional group uh, set this up, uh, and they have they have two doctors dedicated to uh, this type of surgery. Uh, and where doctor. are they from? They're in they're in San, uh, San Francisco. Uh, okay. Doctor, and they're doctors, what part? Of, what huh? medical group are they part of? Are they part uh, of the VA? I they're, no, they're part of uh, Kaiser. Okay, so they're part of the Kaiser Medical Group. Yeah, they're yeah, they're, in, they're in Kaiser's uh, transgender services group. Okay, so Kaiser has a whole transgender services. Yes, they're excellent. Uh, they have a very uh, well-staffed and thorough uh, team in Oakland that um, evaluates your your um, whether you're ready for surgery or not. And they're really good. The, yeah, uh, they kind of put everybody through a process to make sure that they've got all their T's crossed and I's dotted yeah. and surgery's ready, yeah. that they've kind of got everything done. Yeah. Yeah. So I started going through some of the paperwork they gave me last night, and uh, I'm starting to get a little more anxious than I was after reading some of it. Um, but it's, it's Doctors uh, Salim and Dr. Thomas will be uh, the surgeons that will be doing this. Uh, Dr. Salim studied with Meltzer in, in Phoenix prior to uh, coming on with Kaiser. Opening his practice up here. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm not sure what Tom, Dr. Thomas' background, but he's a urologist. So I'll have a urologist and a plastic surgeon. Very nice. And so, how long? How long did? The, how long are they projecting your surgery will take? Uh, probably four hours, four or five hours. Four hours, and then your recovery time is in the hospital is how long? A week. And then recovery time once you're home. They're telling me four weeks. Okay, so you'll be out of commission for about five. 
And so what other details can you give us about the surgery that going forward? They gave you a bunch of paperwork, huh? Oh, they did. They gave me a checklist. It's very um, very comprehensive and <laughs> detailed. Um, so I, you know, I really haven't uh, done some of the things on the checklist yet. Oh, you haven't done everything on the checklist? Yeah. Some things what I are have. some of the I things haven't. on the checklist? Well, there's a, a section on uh, who's, who the surgeons are. Pre-surgery appointments, um, air planning, uh, employment costs, transportation, medical preparation, advance directive, surgery, uh, and has the date, location, so forth. Post-surgery appointments, uh, caregivers. That's something that I haven't really nailed down yet. I'm thinking I'm going to need more attention the first week. I need to find maybe a nurse practitioner and then come in or something. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure that they'll they can they'll give you some suggestions on the ninth of who to integrate that with. Yeah, yeah, and there's a meal chore planning section. Prepare. Recovery space, supplies, stress reduction, and mental health. So that's that's just about it. <laughs> nice. And so, what advice would you give to somebody who's looking to kind of consider surgery? Um, I would say find a doctor that has a good record. Like in my case, uh, Dr. Sling uh, trained with Dr. Meltzer. Meltzer has a good reputation. Mm. Uh, but, uh, you know, going through Kaiser is, is probably a good way to go. Somebody's so finding, finding to really see if your health care provider has any type yeah. of services. Yeah. Depending yeah, on where I think you it, are. I think it's mandatory that insurance companies have to. Well, I know it is in California. It may not be in other parts of the country, but well, yeah, I was yeah, I was speaking in California. Yeah, I know in, in other other states, it's not quite as undecided. Yeah, as it is there, but that should that should work well. So, any final thoughts or advice you want to give to people before we finish off here? Um. Well, you know, we're all different, and you know, it's you know, we're all we're all sim. That's what I always say. We're all similar, but we're on different paths. So you just have to, you know, establish your goals and uh, work towards completing them. Whatever uh, you feel like, whatever one feels like, uh, the goal is to to make them feel complete. You know, and if having Vagioplasty makes one feel complete, and you should go for it. But uh, seek the. There's a lot of advice online, a lot of uh, information you can get online, and you can seek the, you know, the guidance of others who've been through it. That's, that's what I would do. That's the advice I would give. 
fantastic. Well, thank you for joining us, Cynthia. I greatly appreciate it. Hopefully we'll have you back when uh, after your surgery and uh, you've recovered and you can tell us about all the fabulous details of the the post-operative first few weeks. Well, I, I, you know, I'm really looking forward to dilating it. <laughs> yes, and you, they give you a set of dilators, correct? Yes, they do. They give you. Well, she showed me the goodie bag, and no, it includes a set of dilators and a hand mirror. <laughs> and a hand mirror, nice, very nice. So you can see what it looks like while you're dilating. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. So I, th- I think the key to to leaving the hospital is whether you can urinate. That's, that was, yeah, that's one of the. That's, eating that's items. typically one of them. Yeah. Whether you can get up and go to the bathroom and urinate on your own. Yeah. So. Well, they Dr. Salim doesn't want anybody leaving with a catheter. Yeah, which yeah. makes good yeah. sense. That's all that stuff be removed before you're released or you discharge from the hospital. Yeah. I was talking all to Ryzen. Right. I was talking to Ryzen yesterday, the doctor to the endocrinologist. And uh, she was saying, I don't know, she's so negative. <laughs> well, that's all right. That's another discussion. Yeah. We'll, we'll, get okay. a couple people, we'll get a couple people yeah. on to discuss the VA because I think that there's some positives about there yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, I, I'm i not trying to bash the VA. But, but um, yeah, I'd be glad to discuss uh, the post-operative uh, activities. <laughs> Good. Well, we will get you back here soon after you're done then. Thank you, Osha. All right. Thank you, Cynthia. Have a great evening. You too. All right. And if anybody would like to have specific questions answered, they can certainly write to me. My email address is Ajay, that's A-E-J-A-I-E, at Ajay.com. And we look forward to talking to you all again next week, and we hope you all have a safe and prosperous week. Bye-bye. Bye.